0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Howie Spangler here. It is uh, Tales from the Green Room, episode number one fifty-seven. Um, man, I should have like three hundred episodes by now. I'm just so bad at, at making content while I'm on the road. Uh, I I realized that a long time ago, but it's it's, and I tell myself I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on tour. I'm bringing my stuff with me plenty of downtime, you know? Um, but I just never do it. It's like, what's up? Like, this is like part of my job, right? This is like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to, I want to play music, make podcasts, make videos. I don't want to bartend anymore. Right? Like that's, that's what, it's that's what it is, you know? Um, so why am I not doing this shit. It's, I don't know. I think I get like in my head a lot. Um, and I'm going, nobody cares anyway. Or like, you know, it's, it's pretty loud on the bus, like the generator's going and there's always people in there. Never like a quiet situation, you know? Um, you know, same thing with making videos. And I was gonna make, like I had a, I have my whole, I brought all my shit with me, my, my good camera, you know, the iPad, like laptop, everything, my console. And I was gonna like do some reaction videos and I had it all set up and my computer can't handle, um, you know, playing video like on YouTube and then also recording video through OBS. Um, it's not, it just kept, it was real choppy, you know, and just that, that doesn't look good when you're trying to make videos. So I gave up, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not making any videos while I'm on the road, you know? Um, and then I could have, I could have just pulled my phone out and did some little vlogs and things like that, but I don't know why, I don't know why I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know why I don't do that. (sighs) Super weird. I haven't, I haven't been depressed really in a while. And I, I think I feel it coming on again. Um, uh, yesterday I had like a dear diary moment on my Facebook page. Um, it, silly, you know, it, it literally is something that I would write in my journal, you know, and I have it written in my journal. Um, probably a couple of weeks. <clears throat> it's another thing that I, that I slacked on on the tour. I think I wrote in my journal like twice, maybe three times. Um, so I probably should get back to that because I'm, I'm feeling those feelings again. You know, um, I'll just, I'll just kind of read you what, uh, what's been on my mind. I'll read you what, what I posted last night. Um, it's definitely like, you know, I, uh, you know, we post all these great, photos and videos, just like anything else. Like when you, when you're on like Instagram and you see, um, like some person or some couple that like has like the ultimate life or they're completely in love. I mean, that's all curated, you know, like they're not showing the hard parts, the dirty parts, you know? Um, and it's, it, it makes it seem easy and sort of probably affects us in a, in a negative way like oh why isn't my life like that you know fucking social media there's there should probably be like some sort of uh class or course you have to take like in high school or middle school like just to sort of set you up for that i mean i mean we should all have therapy i think everybody should go to therapy uh you know just to how to deal with social media just because it's it's here to stay it's not going away you know um, anyway, all right. So this is what I, this is what I wrote last night <clears throat> and I'll, I'll probably like expand on some things, but, um, I've been told many times in the past that I need to pick a genre to uh, pick a genre and go with it. And I get it. I, I completely understand, um, you know, why I was being told that. Um, and I, I said I just can't do that you know, I can't, I have this weird thing with my personality. Like I, I want to do everything and I want to like, I don't know what it is. It, there's this struggle to, to feel, um, appreciated maybe, or, uh, struggle to want to be recognized. And I'm not sure what that is. Cause I didn't have like a, I don't feel like I had a bad childhood or anything like that. Like, you know, my parents divorced when I was eight, um, or I'm sorry, they split up when I was eight. They didn't get divorced until I was like 12. It took like four years to get all that done for whatever reason. Um, and, uh, <laughs> my wife just texted me, I'm not a fan of the new protein powder. Not awful, but uh <laughs> not awful, but it is ha ha, that's funny. I'm just gonna tell her uh ha, ha sorry, it's probably she probably doesn't like it because it's better <laughs> it's better for her, <laughs> doesn't have as much sugar or something uh, yeah um i i I just feel like uh. Like I need to, like, I want to be, if people like, I want to have the best, I want to have the dopest reggae songs and I want to have the best rock songs. you like the best punk rock songs, pop punk, whatever. I want to be something for everyone. And I think that is probably the root of it. And we all know that, you know, when you try to be everything to everyone, you're going to end up sad. You are gonna end up not pleasing anyone. Right. Um, and I think that might be my problem. Like I, I really should go to therapy just to like try to work this out and, and figure out what's going on because I do, I've always felt like I want to be liked, you know, I, I never, I've always had like a problem with like people thinking negatively of me. Um, and I, I like, uh, I would go out of my way to, to show that I'm a nice person or whatever. I, I, I always, I know I'm a nice person. Like, I don't think that is, um, you know, bad to say, I feel like I'm a nice person. Um, I have my moments, you know, but overall, yeah, I'm a nice person. I'm approachable. I'm always very nice to people when they come up to me and want to chat or whatever. Um, but I remember like being in school and wanting teachers to like me and not think I was a bad kid you know, stuff like that. Um, Or if like a friend's parent um, heard something about me, you know, kids, I, my son is in middle school and you know, I hate all his friends, but it's, it's, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like you just, you hear things, And they, these kids, they don't like each other one day, then they're best friends the next day. And then they talk shit on each other and then it's fine. It's just, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I think that's what it was back then. It was like, for whatever reason I developed this, (laughs) this weird thing this need to be liked. I don't know. But, so maybe this is part of where this is, where this comes from. Um, yeah, I can't be one thing. I have to be everything. Um, and I, I can't help myself. I want, like I said, I want to have the dopest reggae tunes. I want to have the best sing-along pop-punk songs. I want to combine it all, you know? And that's what we do. Um, this beach rock thing we, uh, that we're doing is 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 our way of having it all. Punk rock, reggae, acoustic, metal breakdowns, whatever. It's just about the vibe, you know? Um, it's how I'm feeling when I write and I'm just trying to write good songs. And it's like not trying to be a genre, not trying to, you know, I just want to write good songs that people love and that that I love, you know, and like this next album is, it's a fucking mess. Uh, If, you know, if I'm being honest, like it's a mess, it's like, it's all over the place stylistically. Um, It's like three, it reminds me of like three key albums, uh, all in one. Like it reminds me of detonate girls and daydreams combined. Like it's almost like three or four songs, you know, three or four songs would go on each of those albums, you know, out of the 12 or 15 or whatever it's going to be that we end up with. And it's, uh, it's just all over the place. Um, my guys are metalheads, you know, and I basically make them play reggae. <laughs> um, they wouldn't play it if it wasn't for me, you know? And so that's a little tough too, because I, I also want to please them. I don't want to do too much of the chill shit. Cause I know they like to rip and, um, some of that shit can get boring. I totally, I totally get it. Those guys don't listen to reggae. Like they don't, they don't care for any of this American reggae scene. You know, we have obviously we have friends, you know, and we'll we'll catch some of their sets and stuff and there's respect. But they're not gonna sit there and listen to that stuff, you know. On their downtime. And where me, I've always I've always loved, you know, reggae rock. I've always just been a big fan of it. Um, you know, Sublime being the big one for me, and then kind of Goldfinger added to the pop punk part of it. Um you know, as far as like mixing punk and ska and reggae and all that. Um, and then there's like the Green Day, you know, pop punk melodies and stuff. That's So that that's really what we do, you know. Um, and I just want to do it all. And I, I, I want to have something for everyone, um, but maybe that's my problem. Uh, so I went on to say, on the other hand, it's also part of why we never blew up years ago. We were always too heavy for reggae crowns and too reggae for radio, and that is, uh, you know, or like we or we were too pop for reggae and and not pop enough for pop radio. It's such a weird in between uh, limbo situation um, where I used to like we got on the radio back in twenty twelve. We got started getting ads like for real. You know, we we've been played on the radio a lot, you know, in the last 20 years, just because, um, you know, getting to know radio station DJs <laughs> and, uh, you know, doing festivals and, and, you know, certain things. So, and, you know, we would like, you know, we used to pay for, for radio campaigns. You know, you basically, it's, it's like marketing to radio stations and where you have a representative, like, let's say uncle, they're like, they're a company that will shop your music to radio stations to, you know, in hopes of getting, plays and ads and such. And so plays are one thing, like plays are like, plays are cool. But when a station adds you, when you get an ad, that is when it gets real. And that's what happened in 2012. We got like six or so ads, like official ads to major stations around the country. One of them being HFS, which by the time uh, that, they started playing us. Um, they had already kind of gone away for a while, and then came back um, on a on like a, a a frequency that was that wasn't as strong as the previous. Um, so it didn't go. The reach wasn't as far, and they weren't as popular. But still, you know, our Baltimore shows started selling out, and then our shows in Bakersfield, California, started selling out because Crab Radio was playing us. Um, you know, so these different markets. We're we're playing our song on, you know, every hour or two, you know, between I remember getting in the car on the way to work to do my shitty, you know, bartending waiter job and having HFS on the radio. I would start the car and, you know, there's a Green Day song finishing and then a fucking Ballyhoo song plays and then a Foo Fighters song plays just the, the dichotomy of that, like the, the irony um, of like, man, I'm on the radio right now, but I'm also going to wait tables. It was always a weird ego thing. It was a struggle um, for that. <laughs> it, was, it was weird, you know, people would notice me and didn't wanna take pictures with me while I was at work. And it was just strange and I hated it because I always felt like, you know, I need to, I need to be not doing this. That's for sure. Like I should be doing rock star shit at this point, but I'm getting people salad and bread, you know? Um, but I had, you know, I had a family and I had to, I had to work and the band really wasn't making any money back then. Um, so I digress, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Oh, get this. Like when we, you know, so after last night got on the radio from the daydreams album, we pitched them walk away and radio wouldn't touch it for whatever reason. They didn't like it. <clears throat> it was like I said, it was too reggae for radio. Radio hates reggae music. There's one every couple of years they'll put on cause this is festive. This is fun. You know, I remember magic being one of them. As a matter of fact, I can't think of another reggae song that got super popular on alternative radio, you know, other than like a Dirty Head song maybe, but at the level that magic went, you know, back in, that was 2014, that was almost 10 years ago. So I remember trying to see that. I remember going, okay, maybe we could be the one song of the summer that the radio picks, you know? So I would like try to write songs for that. You know, I would, I would try to write songs to be on the radio. And um, I always felt the potential. I always felt like, the songs I was writing had potential to be on the radio. They're very catchy, melodic, fun, short, you know. Um, I felt like it had everything, but we didn't have enough money, you know, or people that knew anyone. We didn't really have, we our management didn't have relationships with anyone. And that was a, you know, that hurt us. Um, you know, it wasn't like we signed with some big manager that could just make one phone call and have a million things happen. You know, it just didn't work like that. We always busted our asses and stayed on top of our management and sort of worked together to try to build something. And um, all the, all the, the major um, things that were happening for us, to us, whatever, um, were, were like the result of the work we were doing on the road and you know meeting other artists and such and management had zero to do with that you know it was it was like they were taking care of like um admin stuff you know and uh so yeah we're busting our asses they wouldn't touch walk away the radio um go figure it's our biggest song ever on the streaming platforms it's just funny how that works out um so yeah we've been chiseling away one fan at a time Our sound is our own and it's taken a very long time to carve out our spot. Our popular songs are the pop reggae tunes. Some people think they're going to a reggae show and then we play Riddle With Bullets and they get fucked up in a mosh pit, possibly to never buy tickets at our shows again. Um, So it's a bit of a conflict. You see you know, when you think you're gonna go see Walk Away and Mixtape and Middle Finger and Social Drinker, which you will, but you're also probably gonna hear riddle with bullets and live through this and gas station burrito, you know, um, these heavier kind of like punk tunes, um, because that's what we do. We like to rock out, you know? Um, and I've seen girls in sundresses showing up to our shows, holding a drink, thinking like, oh my God, reggae. And Halfway through the show, they're stuck in a mosh pit and there are drinks all over them. And, you know, it's like, well, she's never coming back, you know? So I think that was part of it, you know? So I get why, you know, this is, you know, our man, our old management kept pushing us to be more like the popular Cali reggae sound. Um, I personally love that style, but it's just not Ballyhoo. It would have been fake and the audience would have known it. Um, The girl's album was the furthest. We, we went with production and leaning into pop. I really do love that record, um, but we also love playing a good rock show. You know, so yeah, it's, it's I feel like we're, we're we've been dividing our fan base for decades, you know, just because as I said, people think they're coming to see a reggae show or vice versa. Maybe they could think they're coming to see a punk show. I don't, I don't know. And I feel like the, the people that, um, we actually get a lot of like metalheads and rock fans that that get into our band, um, because we're on the more heavier side, even when we play the reggae songs, you know? Like, uh, oh, I love mixtape, you know? Um, whereas it's not as forgiving for like reggae fans, like, oh, I can't, this is too heavy or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, I remember playing with tribal seeds. We, they're great dudes did two full tours with them. And the second one, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go on that tour because of the first time I was like, no one likes us. Like no, their fans don't like us. Like why, why would we do that again? You know? Uh, and we, so we did it again. Uh, management pushed, pushed us that way. And I feel like it was just like, it was a mistake again, those guys are great, sick band, you know, good reggae band, but like, we just don't have that sound. It's a different sound. And I, I tried to, I tried to explain that to our manager multiple times, but it just didn't get through, you know? Um, and then it was like, it came time to do the girls record and I was writing, you know, some pop reggae stuff and just sort of wanted to focus the record a little more, like make it a little more of a one sound. Um, we pretty much did that. Um, we even recorded a, a song called uh, Stop Ruining My Life. And it, but it was like too pop punk and too rock for that record. It just didn't fit. So ended up re-recording it and putting it on Detonate, you know, a year and a half later. But um, yeah, it's like we put out the girl's record, and it did, it did do well. It did. Um, but then like my, my dad died a few a few months before that record actually came out around Christmas time. Um, and so I wasn't in the mood to write songs like that. I just, it was a natural thing. I've, I've always tried to write from my heart and from my experiences. And, you know, so, when we gave we gave management the Detonate album as a follow-up to girls, and it took the wind out of their sails. They hated it, basically stopped working it, um, but they took they were happy to take those checks every week, you know, still took the money. Um, I was mad about it at the time, but I understood why they were they didn't like it. Um, it wasn't doing as well as the pop reggae album did, you know. But again, it was a dark time and I wasn't happy writing. I, w- I wasn't writing happy music. Um, so that's what you get. My songs are my therapy and a reflection of what I'm going through. And you, know, you have to do what's right for you. Um, so there are many nights that I feel we should have been headlining amphitheaters years ago It never caught traction, never caught the traction that some other bands experienced. I would have loved to live my 30s, live down my 30s um, selling out amphitheaters and being on a tour bus like some of these bands that I know, you know? These bands in the genre, there's certain bands that like, they just happen to pick the right style and they leaned into it. And those guys... Selling out amphitheaters, you know playing packed houses every night, making shit ton money of money on of merch um every night, and just living the life you know and here i am forty two after I feel paving the way for a lot of this shit i don 't know that probably sounds like egotistical, um but I feel like w- we walked so some of these bands could run. That's how I feel, you know? I feel like there's a lot of Value babies out there. And, um, you know, obviously everybody's got their own style, but it just feels like we helped grow the scene, but we're not reaping the benefits of that. Um, so I get down about it sometimes. I get stressed out. i would be fucking 50 in eight years. That shit's crazy to me. Am I going to be 50 still playing to 200 people a night? You know, like I should be playing to 3,000, 4,000 people a night in the summer. You know, that's, that's how I feel. And it, it, it fucking gets me down sometimes. I'm like, I can't live like this. I have a family, you know? So that's where I get conflicted. And I think it's, that's where a lot of artists get conflicted. And, you know, when people say they hate that their favorite band, you know, sold out, Quote, unquote. Um, it's like, well, you don't know their situation. Everybody's different. Maybe some of these bands saw an opportunity and they took it and it worked out. There's a lot of bands that take opportunities and it doesn't work out. There's way more of that. It's happened to us, you know? Um, and so I I get it, you know? Um to, to have a band and good songs and, and get somehow getting get injected into the mainstream or onto that or onto that track, you know, that track, that successful track. Where every everything hits and it must be nice to have a plan and have it all go to plan, have it all work out. I'm not saying that successful bands um, didn't have a hard time. Every band has it hard for a bit, some longer than others, you know? We've been a band for 28 years this summer. Our first album came out 23 years ago and we started touring 17 years ago. And there was a time where I felt like, okay, yeah, we started the band in 95, but we didn't get on tour till 2006. And that's when it really started to take hold, you know? Um, and so I used, to, I used to say, okay, it feels like it's right on time. You know, when we were 10, 12, 13 years in, it was like, okay, it kind of feels like this is the right amount of time to get, to get like this little bit of success and, and people out to the shows and, you know, people are streaming our songs, like felt right. But now it's 17 years that's, you know, of touring and three years is going to pass. It's going to be 20 years, you know, of touring. And it's like, where will we be? Like, I'm starting to feel like, okay, we're slipping now, you know, and the pandemic obviously didn't fucking help anything. Um, it definitely slowed us down. The momentum stopped, and also that's also like we we busted our asses even during the pandemic, like making live streams and quarantine videos. We made a record, you know, st- you know, we did we did a drive-in show. We did um, we did some like acoustic sit-down table shit, you know, at half-packed bars, just to keep things moving and stay and stay in the public eye. Um, you know, remind people that we're still a band and we're we're doing shit. And it, it feels like that none of that mattered. Like we, you know, I know bands that didn't do anything during the pandemic, anything at all. And they're getting these cool opportunities and doing shit. And it's like, none of that even mattered. I I don't know, felt like we were on the climb. Like we were about to, we had a huge, we had huge ticket sales in March of 2020 for some headliner shows and then they went away obviously. And now it's like, we're starting over. It felt like, you know, pulling 200 people a night around the country. And I've always heard just for, for uh, context, I've always heard that like 500 at night, 500 people a night is like the game changer. That's where you really start to feel, you know, everything kicking in, like the money's good, 500 people a night crowds are great, you know. Um, merch is selling like the that's when you you're really sort of on the track, you know. But it's like we can't we can't crack the average 200 a night. How do I get it to 300? How do I get it to 400? How do I get to 500? What do we have to do? What else do we have to do to make this fucking finally flip? You know. We did streams, quarantine videos. We fucking, I feel like we put out great songs every time. I feel like people really enjoy our tunes. We we always put our best foot forward. We put on a really fun live show nowadays. What is it? What is it going to take? You know, for whatever reason, we get passed up, passed on for, on these, like these tours, like some of the bigger bands in the scene will not take us on the road. They will not put us on their festivals. They will not, like, I don't understand it. We clearly bring more people. You know, we're more valuable as far as like ticket sales goes. If you just look at a strictly business, our ticket sales are across the board are better than a lot of these bands that that are going out and doing these things. I don't know if it's because maybe they're, they think they're like cheaper to get or something, you know, they can save more money, but still have a cool show. That's a thing. But, you know, I've heard of bands that do less than us, but get paid more than us. You know, it's just, it's all politics really. Um, and you can't hate the player, right? I just feel like, fuck, like what else do we have to do to, to make this thing flip? And when are we going to have our moment? And, and I, you know, it's, I always get stuck in this thing. It's like, maybe I'm speaking prematurely, even though I've been at this for decades. But, you know, the last, the last tour we did, did really well, you know, the, the overall, we did great merch sales. um, And we averaged 200 a night. Look, some, some shows had 400 people there, you know, but some shows had, you know, Baton Rouge had 76 paid, you know, granted we hadn't been there in 15 years, but, you know, so it averages out to roughly 200 people a night. And how do we, how do we flip this? I I don't know, I don't understand, like, I feel like we were stifled in the mid 2000s, uh, mid 2010s, um, you know, by management sort of pushing us to be more of a pop band and there was a time where i was like oh this is this could be a thing you know because i i I like a lot of things man i like maroon five you know i you know they're old shit um you know i i like pop music i do to an extent um and i love the songs that i'm that i'm writing i i won't put out something that i don't like you know so, trust me, I, I I'm fully behind the girls' record. I love all those songs, you know. But uh, I feel like doing that, this reggae rock American reggae scene, isn't like they they didn't necessarily like that. And you know, we were maybe we were trying to look pretty boy or something. Um, and it, and it was just sort of a disconnect, maybe. I don't know, after, you know, rock radio wouldn't play us anymore after, after last night. And then we spent $20,000 shopping, no good, just to alternative stations. Nobody wanted to play it. Um, you know, I gave up, I gave up, you know, trying to write for radio years ago. And, uh, decided I was just going to write songs that I love and songs that people feel, you know, because the radio shit is great when it's happening. Um, it can do some things for you, even still today, um, but it's not real. It doesn't create like real fans. I feel like keeping your head down, staying focused and building your community, That's that's really where it should be. And then as far as like, certain bands like passing on us all the time. I used to be mad about it. Like, oh, oh cool, they didn't, not even a thought again, you know, every year. I I used to get mad about it, but I don't anymore. It is what it is. I just wanna build our thing. I wanna, I don't, you know, I came. I came to decide, I was like, I don't wanna help somebody, somebody else's band build their band up, you know? Because when you're a support band, you know, and there's a time where you should be a support band. You should absolutely go out there and support the bigger bands because you're going to get in front of their crowds. That's what it is. <laughs> you're going to get paid like shit, but the gamble is that it works out in the long run because you're going to in turn start headlining and building, bringing those fans out and building your own thing. Well, I decided, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to, we're not going to go out and support these other bands and give them more tickets, right? We're going to go out and build our own band, and we'll take out bands that need it. We'll take out the the younger bands, the smaller bands that want to go out with us that are excited and um wanna want to get in front of people to me, that makes a good show because you've got these these other these younger bands that are like posting and they're all excited, and you know the it it's there, you know, just like we used to do but yeah i don't I don't care to to go out with these bigger bands anymore um, just to help their ticket sales. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with having said that, I, we always say, you know, if some offer comes through, we're going to talk about it. Clearly it's a business, we're gonna talk about it, of course. Um, but the main goal is to get back to building up value. And you know, I don't think going out to an amphitheater and playing for three or 4,000 people as as great as it could be. Um, I would rather, the, the, I think a lot of people know who we are at this point in this scene and they're choosing not to come to, come see us. And if we get in front of a, a big crowd um, for another band, they're not necessarily gonna come see us. They. I don't know. I just, I just feel like we need to build our own shit and make our, you know, prove our own ticket sales, prove our worth, you know, because, because to me that shows promoters and venues and such that like, okay, now, like now we have hard tickets We know what these guys are worth. That makes the money go up, you know, stuff like that. You have more bargaining power when you go out on a support tour. It's not your ticket sales. So you can't even use that. You can't use those ticket sales oh, you know, we brought out this many people. No, you didn't because you you opened for somebody. And there's no way to tell how many tickets you actually sold. They don't count that at the door. I mean, the local shows do, you know, like how many tickets you sell and they'll have a guy, you know, a clicker at the door. They don't do that for these big shows, you know? So there's no way to tell. So it's like, well, fuck. I'm just like, how am I going to prove to a, to some promoter that we can pull this many people, you know, when I'm just doing support tours all the time? So... Yeah, the headliner is what it is. Man, this turned into a rant, didn't it? Holy shit. Um, yeah, so yeah. Um, I said there, there are many nights I feel we should have been headlining amphitheaters years ago and um, never caught traction the way uh, the way that some other bands experienced it. We're, we're still headlining bars and small theaters around the country after 17 years of touring, though the turnouts, the turnouts have been great lately. Just gets frustrating. I tend to wonder if we're we're old news. We're not a new band. Our first album came out twenty three years ago. You know. And then I say this is just me in my own head again. Um, I hope the the trend continues upward. I see a lot of people smiling and having a time with their lives each night at our shows, and that makes me happy. It does. You know. I don't want this to to seem like I'm ungrateful um, or I don't understand that we do have something special. There is something great here. I know that there are tons of bands that would love to be doing half of what we're doing, you know? Um, And I'm aware that, you know, it's easy to always want more. You know, I just need to get here. But then when you get there, okay, now I just need to get here. It's like, you're just never uh, satiated. Um, But... It feels disproportionate. The amount of time and effort that we've put into this, it doesn't feel as if we're reaping the the full benefits of all that work and time. So is there an adjustment that needs to be made? I'm not sure. Did we already make the adjustment and now we just need to stay focused on that and keep leaning into that. Like, you know, we got a second guitar player like I've always wanted, finally. Um, the shows have been a lot more fun. You know, we're we're really mixing up the sets lately. I stopped caring about doing full like soft reggae songs just because those are the popular ones. We're throwing in the rock songs. We're, do- we're, having- we're doing punk rock songs. We're having a good time. We're doing a Ballyhoo show, you know? So did we already make the adjustment, and now we just need to stick with it for a while. And you gotta understand something that like, because I've been doing this for so goddamn long, it gets harder to stick it out. Um, It gets harder to be patient because I'm getting older. And as I said, I have a family and it's like, okay, Really got to start putting in for that retirement. You know, like, like, what is the end here? You know, I can't be 50, 60 years old and have nothing. You know, I, I have a responsibility to people, to my family. And that really gets to me. You know, and uh, I don't need to be famous. I'm going to be like world famous. That's not what I'm saying either. I just want to be able to make a comfortable living, comfortable living. I make a living, but I'm not comfortable. And, you know, I, I don't think you should, you should get comfortable necessarily, but you should always like, like know that like something cooler is coming along, you know, like that there should, you should be, you should have yourself on this path, you know? Um, and at this moment, and maybe this is a midlife crisis. Holy fuck. Am I having, am I having a midlife crisis? Oh my God. Oh my god. Like I don't need to buy a car. Like I don't need like a fast car or anything. <laughs> I just, I think like, yeah, I, I just need something to, to flip and I need some signs, you know, I need something to show me that this is the right path. Like, I'm hoping that our next round of headliner shows, um, I see an increase in demand in pre-sale tickets, um, you know, and then ultimately the show is more packed or sells out. You know, like I need to see this. I need to see this progress. Because just like any other business, if you're not seeing progress, you know, then something needs to be addressed. Something needs to be fixed. I just don't know what that is. This is such a weird, fickle business. Being an artist, being a musician, like what is it that needs to be adjusted? And like I said, like maybe we already made the adjustment and now we're just, we're working that. And, you know, because I have seen I have felt the momentum coming back to an extent. I have seen some growth, Um, but we were also playing to 200 people, you know, five years ago. So what is this? You know, like, (sighs) I feel like we should have hit that 500 person threshold years ago. Um, So I go on to say, when the shit finally does pop off, because I I still have, (laughs) I think you need to think positive because mindset is everything. Um, I want to feel good about it. We chose to stay on the hard path because we believe in making our own way, not copying what's hot. You know, stick figure, revolution, iration. those bands are already doing that. We don't need more of that. Right? We want something fresh. We wanna do our own thing. That's why I, I hated that advice from previous management. I was just like, no, this is not us. Like you don't understand. You're not understanding what I'm saying to you. And he was trying to tell me that you need to, what about your family? Like just fucking get in there and make your money, dude. I fucking feel it, you know? Like, I, I I understand why he was saying that, you know? But to me, that equates, it's the same thing as your parents or your grandmother telling you to go to college, get a good job with benefits, go work for the government, join the army, whatever, because you need to get your life set up. Like, that. it's the same thing. It's the same mentality. The fear... It's all fear based. I think there's a lot of people doing jobs they don't really want to do. They'd rather be doing something fun, something they love. And a lot of them are because they were scared or they got, you know, they let other people's fear influence their decisions, their career choices. Like and I have to maintain that I started this shit like in defiance of all that. You know, I start I I wanted to make records. I wanted to play big rock shows. That's why I started this shit. So that's what I'm doing, you know. And no, shit hasn't popped off in the way that I feel it should have. But I still have hope that it will. Um I think there's a lot of people that haven't heard our band yet. And this American reggae scene has a ceiling. It's a, it's a bubble. And I think it's a bubble that's going to burst in a couple of years, you know, probably not a couple, maybe a little more than that. But I think because it's under the radar, it's not on the radio. It's not going to go away as fast as ska did, you know, back in the nineties, um, third wave ska, but There's reggae festivals popping up all over the place. It's like reggae, reggae this, reggae that, reggae on the whatever, reggae on the, you know. It just, it's it's a bubble that's gonna burst at some point. And I don't wanna be that band, like we're not a reggae band. We play reggae songs, you know. I just call that shit beach rock, man. It's like beach rock. It's like, you go to the beach, we can play pop punk or we can play reggae at the beach. That's what I feel, it's just like, I, it's all about the vibe. What does the crowd want? Let's give them what they want. You know, let's have a good time. And, and I'm not gonna be one of those bands, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna jump on the emo bandwagon in 2005, 2007, say we're an emo, emo punk band And then emo dies and all of a sudden you're an emo band and it's not cool to be emo anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I feel like I know, I know some bands that, that were doing dubstep in their music. They started introducing dubstep back in like 2012 ish. And those songs are so fucking stupid now. Like they're so, it's so dated, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a genre of music that was so like uh fad that you hear it now, it's like, oh my God, it's like cringy, You know, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be work, you know, doing reggae skanks on every single song just because we're supposed to be a reggae band. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, I go on to say we've worked our asses off and hopefully hopefully it'll turn out for the better. Uh, Time will tell if we made the right choice, I suppose. Just going to keep writing bangers and putting on great shows until the world catches up to us. I truly appreciate every person out there listening to us and buying tickets. So that, that was my dear diary moment. I spent like an hour writing that deleted some things. I'm glad I deleted some things. It, you know, there's, you got to do some editing, um, proofreading here and there. Cause I don't want to sound cynical or, mad at other bands or jealous or something. I'm not, I'm, I'm none of those. You know, just trying to be realistic with my feelings. I can't be mad at other bands for their success because, I mean, I hope they're happy that they have their success and they realize what they have, but um, you know, uh, they did, what, they did what they did, and um, they're there, you know. But for us, <clears throat> it's, you know, everything that we've done is the result of choices that we made, good or bad. And, you know, I sometimes go back to the example of in the early 2000s, we had several major labels approach us um, uh, J Records fucking wind up dreamworks uh electra supposedly um you know but i'm glad that none of that worked out i was sad at the time but we weren't ready and i can't imagine being on mtv or having to do interviews and or whatever or, back then I was such a fucking moron. I've just always been a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. I, I'm just now starting to understand myself and wrapping my mind around things, you know, that back then I was just complete idiot. In my twenties. Um, I'm glad none of that shit happened. We're independent. We made, a, we made a lot of mistakes. A lot of hard lessons have been learned. Um, I am happy. I know that didn't sound convincing. Um especially after this whole episode now what it's turned into but uh I am happy to have what I have. I again that that is I don't want to get that twisted like I realize that there are bands that would kill to be in the position but Have they worked hard enough? Have they done, have they done what we've done? Have they been through what we've been through? You gotta earn that shit, man, you gotta earn it. And so if I do come off cynical or pissed off or uh, ungrateful sometimes, I I guess it just is what it is. You know, just cause I've been through so fucking much and a lot of disappointment, a lot of heartbreak this, this business is really tough and you got to have thick skin, man. And, uh, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even begin to explain and go through the whole story of what's been happening the last couple of years. Um, just the band got sued and we are finally settling soon. It's just, we lost. Let's, let's put it that way. We lost. And, uh, it's been a bitter, big, fat, fucking jagged pill to swallow. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's maybe that's working on me too. I don't know. I just want to. I want to feel good about everything that we're doing, and I, you know, when we do get there, um, I'm gonna stand there and just fucking soak it all in. You know, a lot was lost, a lot was gained. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it, you know? You just, about the past anyway. It's all about from here on out. What are you gonna do from here on out? So, I don't know. I think reading these stoicism books has really helped. <laughs> oh man, I'm a fucking mess. Uh, Well, Thanks for listening to that, to that rant. Holy shit. I don't know what I'm going to title this episode. I tell you what, it felt good to make something, though. I've been in full recovery mode since 311 Cruise. i got to finish mixing our album. This is a lot still going on, but um, this was nice. This is always sort of a therapy session for me. I don't know who's listening, but uh, I hope you got something out of it. I do feel a little bit better. I will say that it was nice to just kind of talk. I didn't make a, I didn't, this is, I didn't film this. It's not a video podcast today. I, I look like shit. I could take a shower, but just want to get on here and vent anyway. Um, catch Ballyhoo. Uh, uh, let me see. I'm going to look at this real quick. April 14th, Phoenix, Arizona, Buds of Palooza. April 16th, Florida Groves Festival in Orlando. April 22nd, Fort 20 Fest in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, April 28th, The Crazy Tuna in Essex, Maryland. April 29th, Tiki Bar in Solomon's Island. Uh, April 30th, Bright Box Theater in Winchester, Virginia. Secrets, June 21st, Ocean City, Maryland. Don't miss that. I promise I won't black out this time. Uh, June 24th, Bayville Fest in Berkeley, New Jersey, uh, with Badfish and some other bands. Uh, there are more shows as well. Picked up a show with Goldfinger and uh, Dirty Heads um, this summer in uh, Long Island. Uh, I am also doing acoustics parties. If anybody wants to, uh, if anybody wants to have me at their at their house, like I'll come to your house, I'll sit in your kitchen, eat your food. Play some tunes, uh, sit by the pool, whatever. Get at me, DM me at Howie Spangler. No E and Howie, goddammit. Um, let's talk. I've got some dates open this spring into summer. So between the value shit. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you had a interesting, hope, hope this was interesting. I don't know what the fuck. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good day. Episode 157, Tales from the Green Room. See you soon.